Welcome back to Trends in Low Places, a comedic exploration of the dumbest stories of the day. I am one of your hosts, Mike Cushing. And I am the long branch penny whistle to his Sean Spencer, Michael <laughs> Howard. <laughs> How you doing, Gus? <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you said Sean Spencer, because I would not have gotten that psych reference without it. No, I didn't think you would, but it's like, oh great, we're in we're in uh we're in Dickens times now. Oh no. <laughs> I found a list of all the names that Sean or nicknames that Sean gives Gus uh, when introducing him in the show. And some of them are excellent. Most of them are Methuselah Honeysuckle. (laughs) It's a good one. Hummingbird Uh, Santa La Machia. Psych is one of my, like, most underrated favorite TV shows of all time, I think. Yeah, I, like, I completely forget about it somehow. Uh, And then every once in a while I'll catch an episode somewhere and uh, I remember how awesome it is. And I'm like, I should go back and rewatch that. It's one of those shows where if I see one episode randomly, like if I do stumble upon it again, I watch seven. Like it's that <laughs> kind of show that I just like, oh yeah, this is just dumb, silly fun, and I'm very much into it. Yeah, everyone in that show is so great too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're coming out with another like Christmas movie this year, which awesome. the last one was perf- mm-hmm. just perfection. Well, Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty well. How about you? I'm I'm good. Um, I think it's fun. Any well, fun going on? Well, I was going to say, speaking of like content, like like shows that we miss and every once in a while I'll come back to us in ways we never expected or hoped they would. <laughs> um, I think I need to talk about the completely, utterly, absolutely insane thing that Disney Plus did on Twitter today. Hmm. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with Disney Plus? I so yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with Disney. I've, okay. I've heard of them before. They're um, a theme park. I yeah. Think. Um, multinational media conglomerate, I believe, is their preferred mm, yes. nomenclature. Um, the House of Mouse. Well, their plus digital streaming service, Michael. Um, I have been looking forward to as much as I like. Really hate that I now have another streaming platform I need to pay for. Um, because I need them Marvel movies. I need all my Star Wars stuffs, and I need I need my my, my Star Wars TV shows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I guess I really didn't consider the fact. That Disney has just such an absurd, dangerously insane catalog of content from decades and decades of time. Um, They've been tweeting it out. So they took about four hours today Mm -hmm. and tweeted in chronological order every single movie, documentary, (laughs) TV series, um, everything that's going to be on the launch lineup. I think it's about 700 pieces, like, titles. And these, their poor social media manager had to, had to schedule all those and then send them out, and they just, they just did it. They just sat there and did it. Um, yeah, but you know what? Fuck Disney. Because yeah. I went through that whole list, and you know what's not on it? The Mickey Mouse Club, nor Kids Incorporated. So no, go fuck yourselves. There's no Kids Incorporated? No Kids Incorporated, no Mickey Mouse Club. There's something called Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, which is some bullshit, like, animated <laughs> Some dog shit I'm show. not interested in. No. There were 14 seasons, 360 episodes of Mickey Mouse Club. You can't even give me, like, a dozen? Oh, okay. Hold on. Yeah. It looks... And, okay, so this is what I was going to say, because I, I grew up watching Disney Channel, like, cartoons, 
And other than I think, okay, never mind. Thank God I did a quick Control F search. Uh, Bonkers is on Disney Plus, so I'm actually fine. I'm covered. Um, so <sighs> is Darkwing Duck. So uh, I actually don't care that there's no Mickey Mouse Club. Sorry. <laughs> what? But that's where Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears got their start. That's probably exactly why they're not that's allowed to. That's probably 100% why they're not allowed to. But like, shouldn't they own? Shouldn't they own them for that time period? Like, w- was Disney not? Disney were yeah right like I think they probably went through a rough patch where they had to sell the rights to Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears back to those individuals <laughs> maybe Michael Jackson bought them could be yeah he he did own some pretty controversial rights in his life um how do you just get all of the Beatles that's what because the Beatles didn't even own the Beatles that's fair. Yeah, but, so is, yeah, if they didn't, but how does like just one dude who like sings and dances real good just like, yeah, I bought the Beatles today. Because he had more money than he knew what to do with, and somebody was like, hey, you should, um, you know what's great is owning your own masters, and he's like, hey, you know what's even better? Owning uh, everyone else's masters as well. Especially, especially the music that old rich white guys <laughs> like. <laughs> Can't wait to make all that money. Um, but yeah, Michael, I think it it's just a dangerously insane amount of content, and I'm going to watch every single dang one of these things, specifically yeah. The Adventures of Gummy Bears. Yeah, oh my god, yes. I love that show. There are shows on here that like I just absolutely forgot about, mm-hmm. and but seeing just seeing the title like has a bunch of memories just just flood back in. Yeah, there is that, but then there's also like the the dog shit movies that Disney was <laughs> pumping out in the seventies, like um, the Apple Dumpling Gang and Return of the Apple Dumpling Gang, and uh, shit, what's his name? Uh, really, just anything with Don Knotts in it. Uh, <laughs> they just made all of those. Also, something called the Reluctant Dragon. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Although, so did they just not make any m- movies? Like very early on, or are they just not releasing those because they're probably all racist? Because like the first ones on here in in chronological order are Snow White, Pinocchio, Swiss Family Robinson, Fantasia, Dumbo, and Bambi, which that's six pretty large hits. Mm-hmm. And if it's in chronological order, I do not believe that they put out those six movies in a row. There had to be some really bad. They probably had some stinkers, bad ones in the some middle. really racist ones. Um. I I will say there's uh I think from the the early seventies called uh Sultan and the Rockstar, which sounds like a really cool fish out of water tale that I definitely want to check out. Also didn't realize that a very young Kurt Russell, who apparently was a redhead back in the day, was in a number of these stinker movies, including what? one called The Computer Wore Tennis Shoes. Where I think oh, he I've was, heard of that one. I think he was just a computer in a boy body. <laughs> <laughs> was that like around the same time as like it was in uh, 1969. Oh, okay. So it wasn't around the same 80s time frame where like space uh, camp, weird and all, science and yeah. stuff. All right. Apparently a precursor to weird science. Wait, so it was the computer wears tennis shoes in 1969? Yeah, and it's very funny. So the image has a nice lady wearing like a paisley vest sitting in a chair looking on while um, 
Kurt Russell is wearing a red sweater with lightning bolts coming down onto his head as a old gentleman looks like through a not a uh, like a little magnifying glass into his ear. And then in the background, there's like a tape reel, like vacuum tube computer. And we're led to believe that um, the computer that's half the size of room is now living inside of Kurt Russell's boy body. So basically, he's a robot or like an android. No, he's a computer who wore tennis shoes, you fool. (laughs) Okay, so they did remake. They did remake it in 1995 with Kurt Cameron. Wait, they that's the one I remember. They remade the computer wore tennis shoes with Kurt Cameron. Why? Yes, they did. Wow. Because they were like, you know what? This one was so good. We should make another. The movie they so gave nice. it a B, B, People Magazine gave it a B plus rating and said it was a fun, facile remake with a good cast. Okay, here's something <laughs> I'm just fucking learning. Michael, I'm going to send you a link to a tweet for The Incredible Journey, a film from 1963. You want to you tell me what that reminds you of, my friend? <gasps> That's Homeward Bound. It's, just, it's fucking Homeward Bound. There's an old big yellow Wait, lab. so is Homeward Bound just... Just Incredible Journey remade? Have we? Is has there never been an original idea in Hollywood a single fucking time? <laughs> I mean, everything else is based on like Shakespeare or like Canterbury Tales, so probably yeah. not. Michael, I think I was telling you about um, my my moment with um, Homeward Bound a couple weeks ago. I was I was walking Sora, um, and I was a little drunk, uh, and she, as you know, goes incredibly slow. At this point in her old age, which she'll have turned 13 two days ago when we release this. Happy Um, birthday, Sora. Happy birthday, Sora. Um, But so I was, I don't, I I think it's because I was drunk and my mind was wandering because, again, she goes very slow and I just have to walk along at a snail's pace. And I was thinking about, first I wondered what she thinks I do with her poop when I pick it up. (laughs) Um, And then I was like, man, Homeward Bound is bullshit. There's no way Shadow made it home. <laughs> and then I somehow convinced myself that the actor who voiced Shadow in Homeward Bound mm-hmm. was the same actor um, who voiced Optimus Prime in the cartoons and the movies, the Transformers movies. And then that made me laugh for a pretty solid five minutes. What made you think that they had, like, what made you think that they were the same actor? I just remember... I, I think I remember Shadow's voice being like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Chance, well, Sally Fields, assemble. <laughs> I don't think so, though. I don't. I, it's been a very long time since I saw the movie. And I was like, I think he had like an old man gruff voice. Very much like my friendly robot who punches real good. Mm. So that's where I was at. And can I say this? It's Homeward Bound is a much funnier movie if you look back 20 years after having seen it and imagine that Peter Cullen, the voice of Optimus Prime, was also the voice of a very old Labrador. I really want someone, one of those people on the internet who does these types of things to replace Shadow's voice with Optimus Prime now. Mm-hmm. Please, if you have any video skills, please do that. Um. So very interestingly... uh. I didn't realize this, but the Homeward Bound subtitle is actually The Incredible Journey. Oh, man, it's all coming together. And The Incredible Journey is a 1961 book by Scottish author Sheila Burnford. So everything, I mean, like, there aren't any new movies because I think everyone's written all the books. 
Everyone's written all the stories in the books. Everyone's written all the stories about three pets who must find their way across country after their family <laughs> abandons them cruelly. <laughs> Do you remember that famous line from Homeward Bound? Oh, and Shadow is just like to chance, uh, freedom is the right of all sentient beings. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense because he was like, hey, you don't want to go back. I'm, I'm free. There's a thin line between being a hero and being a memory. It sounds like Shadow. That's very deep. That's old. That's old man Bird advice dog. that he, yeah. he would impart to a, just a crazy Michael J. Fox dog. Sage old man advice. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, though. It really it's a I mean, great story. It's inspiring tale of courage and and can do itness collaboration teamwork is it just because i is it just because i don't pay enough attention to uh like children's movies and disney movies in general but i feel like there's not as many high profile animal movies as there used to be like there was like 127 air buds Mm -hmm. um there was the homeward bound there was the um, milo and otis these were all movies that came out like in the theater i will say this michael if you look back at this list Almost, I'm gonna say 80 fucking percent of the Disney movies made, uh, 1955 through 1980 <laughs> were all fucking pets. 1978, The Cat from Outer Space. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I don't feel like um, you feel that animals are getting short shrift. I, yeah, I do. I feel like you know every time they come out with a new Airbud movie now, it's like tongue in cheek, like straight to video bullshit. I want someone to make. I want someone to make a really good animal movie, like a Homeward Bound animal movie. So not that isn't about pets. that isn't about um, what's his name? Oh God! Like a uh, dog, Randy Quaid killing dogs. Yeah, that's a bad one. <laughs> that's a bad one. I also don't want a dog CEO or some bullshit. No. You know, I think it might have been 2006's Garfield, The Tale of Two Kitties, um, that may have just put the <laughs> put the nail in the coffin of the the, the pet movie. Yeah. Um, Turner and Hooch, another great pet movie. Uh, Michael, and but like there was just War Horse, which was a very sad movie about a horse that died in war, I think. I don't know. <laughs> but it didn't it didn't anthropomorphize the 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 horse. That's true. Like, it was just like, oh, this is a cool horse. Like, Secretariat's a cool horse. No, I want an animal that they treat like a human being. So, okay, like, well, kind of like kind of Michael, like Men in Black and the, the pug, but, like, the entire movie is about Frank, the pug. Okay, so you wanted more of, like, the Lion King, quote-unquote, live-action remake, but they have, like, guns and time travel. <laughs> no, no, because that is just animals existing in their normal environment, but they talk to each other. Okay. I'm talking more like human pet interactions, but like live action, but like good. Okay, it's the butt good because again, <laughs> again, a dog's journey and a dog's purpose were right fucking there. Oh, that was that was the Quaid. Okay, you said yeah, Randy but they're Quaid. not. I was like, yeah, but and they're also not. They're not talking. The dogs aren't talking to you, Michael. The funny thing about what you said there because you said not a movie about Randy Quaid killing dogs. <laughs> And my brain didn't put that together to the Dennis Quaid movies about him essentially killing his dog over and over and over and yeah. coming back to protect Was it Dennis son. Quaid? It was Dennis Quaid. But the Buckwild thing about what you got wrong and what I heard was that I was just like, 
Yeah, there's probably a movie about <laughs> Randy Quaid killing dogs that got greenlit and will probably be on Disney Plus, and I'm probably gonna watch it just to see what did that you, guy's up to. Did I really say Randy Quaid? You said no, Randy Quaid killing dogs. Oh, poor puppies! <laughs> How dare you, Randy? God damn it, Randy! I hate you, Randy Quaid. So, um, speaking of uh, speaking of cartoons, um, you sent me a just wonderful news story from from Sora News 24. Mm-hmm. Our favorite. I think it's it I think it's the new what's on Weibo. It's yeah, and it's not specifically like Weibo or even uh China. It's a lot of Japan and other Asian countries. Mm-hmm. But this one in particular is wonderful. So the question is could there be a sinister reason some parents show up for their kids' sp- school sports festivals? Yes. So the first thing, <laughs> first thing is apparently there is a a one-day sports festival uh, that happens at schools in Japan. It's Which, kind of like a field like a field day, but like your your parents come and watch you. I guess did did parents come and watch in field day and not. School? Not at my school, not that I remember, huh. but I, I do just love the idea, which this story makes it sound like there is just one day a year of sports. Yep. And your so, parents need to come see you. Yeah, it says with with Japan's work comes first societal values. It's pretty common for dads to be absent from most of their kids' school functions and extracurricular activities. However, a lot of busy salarymen manage to carve out time in their schedules to come to their school's Come to their children's school sports day festival is usually held in the fall. Um, <laughs> it says that uh, Japanese school sports festivals aren't what we usually recognize as sports. For example, there's something called a kibasen, which literally means night and horse battle, which is kind of like a multi-based chicken fight where you pull your opponent's headband off his head, which kind of sounds dope as hell. Um, have you watched the video? I'm watching it right now. It's kind of amazing. It- First of all, it's fucking mayhem, and there appears to be a strategy where big groups of kids are just bunching up, grabbing headbands like crazy, and then there's like some teams that are just waiting in the wings just to come in and snatch victory at the very end. I feel like like if this was America, all of these kids that were are on the shoulders would end up with concussions at the end of this. Hundred percent. Like there are they show like teachers and and I guess assorted adults kind of like running around and making sure they don't fall. But there's like maybe one for every like eight teams. <laughs> Doesn't seem like nearly it's enough. not enough. Yeah. Um. So despite the esoteric nature of the competitions, Japanese Twitter user at FGYU recently recalled that his dad showed up for a sports day every year when he was growing up. And it turns out he almost had or he had an almost heartwarming reason. <laughs> so this is the tweet. When I was in elementary school, one day I asked my dad, why do you come to my sports festival every year? He told me, well, you see, to me, you're like a Pokemon. This is a, the, up until this point. <laughs> this is the sweetest answer. <laughs> Please continue. Watching the kid you raised as he fights to exhaustion about the kids against the other the kids other people raise is the most fun thing there is. I still cannot forget his psychotic answer. Michael, I'm not a father. Mm-hmm. You Neither are mine. I relate to this father's <laughs> message so deeply. <laughs> I think if if I ever am a kid or a father, I am going to raise my child like a Pokemon. <laughs> he's gonna level up. He's gonna eat berries. <laughs> he's gonna be. He's gonna live in a computer. Probably at this point, true. 
and he's going to fight to the death mm-hmm. at my whim. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Like, it, that's kind of the reason that, like, parents get overbearing about sports, right? Because, like, how your kids do in sports, for a lot of fathers, it's a reflection of your kid's athletic ability on you as a father. Right. Like, I don't believe that. And I don't, I wouldn't treat my kid that way, but a but, lot of fathers do try to live vicariously through their kids. But the best thing about this, which at its core, Pokemon is all about living vicariously uh, mm-hmm. through monsters that you keep in an icy cold, <laughs> small prison. Um, but the thing I like about this, first of all, the watching the kid you raised as he fights to exhaustion is a buck wild way to say that. But there's also this element that, like, he's fighting to exhaustion against the other kids that other people raised. Yeah. And to me, that's it's not a even a reflection on, like, your father's athletic ability and how he raised you, whatever that might be. That is, did he tactically make all the right choices for <laughs> you to have the upper hand in any, like, rock, paper, scissors style, like, battle? Like, did he know that there were going to be a lot of water type kids in this class? Mm. So he raised an electric kid. Yeah, because that's I mean, that's that shows a lot of foresight on his part. And that's just is like, am I a good planner, a good tactician? I raised the right boy or girl. I raised the right kid. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody responded, is your name is your dad's name Ash? I don't think that's what you're supposed to enjoy about Pokemon. So the sports festival is like a Pokemon League tournament. Aren't your kids abilities more like a randomized gotcha game? I was all set to say how great your dad is until I got to the end. (laughs) (laughs) Even still, I think your father still loves you in his own way. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, he... (laughs) He loves you like anyone can love a a grass-fighting type Pokemon boy. (laughs) (laughs) And, I mean, it makes sense because, like, as you grow up, you, you know, you evolve. You evolve from a baby into a into a toddler into, into a grass fairy type <laughs> into a grass fairy into a Charizard. Mm-hmm. You know it 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 follows the progression. I think very well. You learn new skills often at the at the hands of your parents. They're the ones who introduce new skills to you, or mm-hmm. you level up and learn a thing. Like you learn how to use your hands like knives and cut things, and then you <laughs> learn how to fly by level twenty three. If you're if good, you, if you have the appropriate class and type, sure. I don't know anything about Pokemon, so I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more. Tell me more about how a child is like a Pokemon. <laughs> Hold on, let me. I'm trying to. I want you to guess. Um, okay, Michael, I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give you a couple types, and you just tell me who wins. <laughs> okay. Okay. If a grass Pokemon is fighting a fire Pokemon, who wins? Fire, obviously. Okay. Fire burns grass. Smite. Okay. Uh, <laughs> A bug type against fire. Ooh. I would say... I'd say bug type. I've no. never tried to light a bug on fire, but I don't think it works very well. I feel like you you end up lighting your entire house on fire. It's a great point. Great point. Um, was I right? I forget. I, I'm having trouble <laughs> reading this chart. <laughs> um, a fighting type versus a ghost type. A fighting type? Yeah. Aren't they all fighting? No. Don't they fight? Like a fighter fighting type is like, he punches... Kicks real good. Oh, okay. So he's Think like about a pugilist. It. Yeah, a pugilist. Fighting type versus a versus a, a ghost. What? A ghost. A ghost. Mm-hmm. It's fucking neither. Like the ghost can't do anything to the fighter, and the fighter can't punch a ghost. Uh, first of all, Michael, that's actually 
true according to this chart, but that's very stupid. One, you can't punch a ghost, so good job. Yeah. But a ghost can, like, really spook a fighter. What's he going to do? He I would get spook him, but he can't actually hurt him. Ghosts can hurt you, Michael. Okay. Ghosts can hurt you with other objects. Ghosts themselves can't hurt you. I feel like a poltergeist might be able to hurt you, a demon of some sort, but just a straight up ghost like Casper? Nah. I mean, he's a friend. I mean, he's the exception to the rule, Michael, <laughs> obviously. It should be also noted that many of the events at sports festivals aren't even competitive in nature. Group dances are a common activity, as is forming, forming human pyramids. Though in the case of the latter, maybe some parents just want to see the spectacle of one collapsing. <laughs> like a bunch of parents. And there's a video. I actually relate video. to that. I relate to that very deeply because, Michael, as you know, and possibly listeners of this show know, one of my truest pleasures in life is um, uh, gifts of pets just like wrecking little kids. But it's really just little kids falling over. <laughs> so watching my kids and all their classmates in a human pyramid and falling over, like I'm into that. There's a, video, there's a video of a 51 child human pyramid that, <laughs> sorry, it collapsed. It's a 10 tier human pyramid that collapsed and injured six students, one with a fracture. And apparently there have been 51 gymnastics formation related injuries between January to August of this year. I love this sentence. <laughs> Schools refuse to stop stacking their students in the name of <laughs> athletics. <laughs> okay, so I lo- in the month of October, J- Japan celebrates Sports Day, just Sports Day, which is the anniversary of the 1964 Tokyo Olympics and a holiday to inspire exercise. <laughs> That's kind of awesome, first of all. Um, Man, I I wish that we did th- did stuff like this when we were in school. This would have been amazing. I wish we did stuff like this. I also wish we had like the anime kawaii style like big bear mascots that just apparently roam all around Tokyo or Japan. Um, in that article you sent me, there is just a video of a giant six foot bear trying to stack itself on top of unwilling participants. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Okay, so I was reading, um, I was reading an article, the Fun Bag on Drew Madgery, mm-hmm. uh, and somebody asked him what would be the the best like kids game that could be a professional sport that isn't one already. Okay, and he said, capture the flag. Yes, 100%. And now I really, really, really want to see like our best athletes playing capture the flag. Like you'd have some football running backs. Maybe you'd have some basketball players who could just like jump over people, I guess. That, I mean, it sounds incredible. Because the thing about that, especially if you play it, I'm trying, there was a movie. It might have been a Disney Channel original (laughs) that had like... A massive game of capture the flag between like two rival camps, and it was like this giant like forest game that had like forts for the, each flag. And there, yes, I, mean, I remember loving it, and I remember getting pretty good at capture the flag because of this movie. It was like I'm gonna get tactical. No one's ever gonna see me coming. I'm a whisper in the night. I went to a camp once uh, in high school where they did a huge like it was a night capture the flag, so everyone had yeah. glow sticks. On their person. Um, and the way you got tagged was like somebody took your glow stick. So it's like kind of like a, like flag football kind of thing. Okay. Um, and to break out of jail, you had to like get your glow stick back and shit. You had to get it back? Well, yeah. I mean, they would like it would the jail was like and all they would put all of, like the glow sticks 
got it back on the thing for your team your color or whatever yeah that was yeah, pretty I, dope i think uh, michael yeah that's i miss capture the flag mm-hmm. and I, I agree because i think capture the flag unlike a lot of the other childhood games i think we're, we're we as a society are trending away from like the violence like hitting each other like football or you know you know risk of concussion and falling out of a human pyramid etc cetera, etc cetera. Yep. um so it's just a, it's a no contact thrilling game based on speed and subterfuge yeah that's all you need speed agility subterfuge stealing things i mean it feels like the next natural progression of american ninja warrior it's just team-based american ninja warrior there's you, you need those obstacles and it's just team on team yes yes if you add obstacles into the capture the flag now we're talking. Now if you have to climb up one of those, like, uh, you good? Yeah, sorry. I just heard like this, like, can you tell it was my neighbor moving something or just Sora going, Oh. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. So yeah, it'd be like, or like American Gladiators, where you have to like shoot the Nerf balls at, at a target to get the flag. Yes. Like mixed with dare, like double dare. Maybe have to climb through some shit. Adult Double Dare might be a successful sports franchise. Hmm. You think adults would play Double Dare in 2019? Or yeah, I guess what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are certainly some who would, but they would. The problem with anything like that now is they would try to turn it into a game or a game show, and they would make it awful. Like it would be so. It would have a host who was just so overly smiley and like they would have all these people who are just not real people and they're really annoying. Like you wouldn't get Mark Summers just like talking shit at kids sometimes. He should. He probably wanted to. <laughs> he did every once in a while. He's kind of like like Alex Trebek where he's like, oh, should have known that one. Speaking of weird Twitter things, did you see that like super cut that someone made of... Alex Trebek saying <laughs> genre, but in his ridiculous French-Canadian accent. I did not. Okay, one second. <laughs> I need to... It is... It's by Alex Jacob on Twitter who said, I spent way too much time making... Uh, putting together this video of Alex Trebek saying the word genre, so now you have to RT it. Sorry, I don't make the rules. Okay. Genre of novel. This genre of game. This genre? Genre. Genre. This genre. 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 This genre. genre. This popular genre. This six-letter genre. This genre. What? About That's how he says genre? Genre? Is, is that how like, you're supposed to say genre? Apparently. I don't... <laughs> not... <laughs> Not for me, but half the time he's saying jarn. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like jarn. There's a barely perceptible at the end. I used to watch Jeopardy like every day. Yeah. Um, but it really pissed me off because in Chicago, Jeopardy is not on at seven o'clock right before Wheel of Fortune like it always was in Florida. Yeah. Like I would always watch Wheel of Fortune and then Jeopardy. And, I mean, I wouldn't always watch Wheel of Fortune. If I, I would catch the end of it if I was about I'll to watch Jeopardy. Catch the end of, of Wheel for sure. But now, now it's like Family Feud and Wheel of Fortune, and Jeopardy's on at like four o'clock in the afternoon. Like the people who like Jeopardy are me. I have a job. I have a job. A job. A job. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched Jeopardy regular in a while because here it is. Uh, it's Wheel of Fortune, then Jeopardy. 
um, at se- at seven thirty. But it's on NBC, which for some reason NBC is the one channel in Atlanta you can't get over the air. <laughs> so I just have <laughs> not been able to watch it in three years. <laughs> I, like I grew up thinking that Jeopardy was like all like countrywide was on seven thirty on ABC. I thought that was always it, always what it was. It as blew my mind I, when I moved. Yeah, as far as I knew, it was uh, Wheel of Fortune, Jeopardy, and then uh, Star Trek: The Next Generation, just on <laughs> all the time. <laughs> that was my childhood, and that's just what I assumed that everyone got. And rem- then Jag. <laughs> I remember there was once a Final Jeopardy question. This was when I was younger. We were at my grandparents' house, and we were all watching the end of Jeopardy. And the clue was: Let me get this right. I looked up um, fun out di- outdoor games for kids yes. to see what else might be good. I think Simon Says could be a pretty good competitive game. <laughs> Shit, yeah. I'd watch that. Or Marco Polo. I'd watch a lot of Marco Polo or Blind Man's Bluff. <laughs> freeze tag? Nah, eh, not so much freeze tag. Really? What about uh, the one where you have to like crawl between someone's legs to actually unfreeze them? That was okay, always fun. Now we're talking. Yeah, because then you like, you would have to like dive and slide underneath someone. That seems more like something that would be on, you know. I guess I think this is just like a summer TV thing where they just make up any dumb celebrity game show they want to. I feel like this would be like a celebrity sports night in America, and then they're just playing freeze tag. Here's the thing: I don't want to see I don't want to see adults play these things though. Some of these games I'd like to see because didn't they used to have like wild and crazy kids on Nickelodeon? Yes. Oh my goodness! And they would play games sport. like this. Yep, and it was amazing. Okay, so, sorry. yes, the clue was the first day to ratify the Constitution, and no one in the house, lots of adults knew it, didn't know it, and I was like, pretty sure it's Delaware, and that was the answer, and everyone thought I was the smartest kid in the world, and I think I was like 10 or 11 or something, and I happened to learn it like the week before in school, but... He's the smartest kid alive. I basically, it was one of my proudest achievements... Uh, yeah, um, I had something similar happen. Way less cool. Um, <laughs> way life... less cool than that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bud, <laughs> buckle up. Um, I remember, um, <laughs> Michael, are you familiar with TBN? TBN? It's the Trinity Broadcasting Network, International oh, Christian Based Broadcast Television Network. Yes. Um, yeah, so obviously that used to be uh appointment TV in, in the Michael Cushing household back in the day. <laughs> um, and still remember to this day, my mom was just like, what channel is TBN? And I just happened to be there. I think I was seven. And I was like, I think it's channel 23. And she like went up to our horrible cable box with like the little <laughs> click buttons, went to 23. She was like, you're right. You're just, hmm, God has got big plans for you. <laughs> I think she said I was going to be a pastor. <laughs> because you knew what channel TVN was? Because God moved me and told me what channel TVN was. So I was like, no, I just have to put it on a lot because you people are crazy. Oh, man. <laughs> so, you know, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the holiest boy alive. <laughs> Speaking of uh, kids games, I was trying to... We, we're, we're going to a house for... Um, God damn, why is my brain broken today? We're going to a house for Halloween, and we're doing a murder mystery again. Nice. We did it last year, but it was like, this one, the one we did last year was very like on rails. Mm -hmm. Like there was a book and there was like things you had to say 
and there wasn't a whole lot of room to like grow into your character, you know? Sure. So this year we're doing one that is like so much more in depth. Like you, you have this whole character sheet, you have like abilities, you have secrets and goals. You can choose what you want to say and don't say there's no script or anything. I'm very excited about it, but I was trying to explain to other people who had, who had hadn't read all of the instructions yet what it was like but the only thing i could think to describe it was i was like do you know how dnd works <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was like it's kind of like that but instead of rolling dice you, there's like there still is a game master there's a lawyer i could say like i want to burn that person's house down and the lawyer <laughs> could be like no that's dumb or they could be like sure fucking do it yeah whatever so I'm um, very excited on. about it. The but. lawyer can just say, yeah, go burn that person's house down. That's a shitty lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> well, the lawyer, quote unquote, <laughs> it, he he basically has the entire book of game rules. OK, so he can he basically knows all of the rules and what's going to like fuck up the game and make sure that like and what's going to actually move it forward. OK. And so he can make the decision that like, yeah, this is harmless or yes, it's going to help move the game forward, or like, no, please don't do that. You're going to ruin everything. Please don't do that. Okay. Um, have you have you played Werewolf, Michael? <laughs> Didn't think that was going to get you so good. You just sent me... <laughs> So when Disney has been tweeting these things out, they've been tweeting the movie name or the TV show name with the year and then a like a little promotional shot with like the name of it with the characters. <laughs> you just sent me one from Brocktober Baker or at at Brock Baker. Pretty cool of Disney Plus to not edit the name. And it's some movie that I do not recognize, but it just says fuck bucket. <laughs> And I did see that that image <laughs> earlier, and like that is the perfect one to have edited because it's like a it's got to be from the seventies. It's some terrible white family all hugging, and then it looks like someone mashed up one of the Dark Crystal like puppets with yes. Harry from Harry and the Hendersons, <laughs> and just and maybe an Ewok. He just smashed all those like real. It's like a little mini pig man <laughs> in this big dumb white family. One guy's just inexplicably wearing sunglasses and a blazer for no reason. Yeah, I don't understand what this movie is. I need I, to know. I don't care to know. I want nothing to do with that movie. Well, to me, it's called Fuck Bucket now. So <laughs> I'm I'm in the I'm in the Twitter thread right now. Yeah, same. Oh man, the Aristocats. There's a movie called Million Dollar Duck from <laughs> 1971. And you said they're not making cool. This is from 1971. That's what I'm saying. Back in the day, they used to. There's something called the Barefoot Executive with Kurt Russell and again, a monkey. Again, Kurt Russell did some wild and crazy shit. He did some great work back in the day. Justin Morgan had a horse. And, and Michael, I think so I meant to say that. I think that's what disappoint. That's what dis- <laughs> that's what is disappointing about some of these, like the the Disney Channel ones not being on here. Because basically, all those 1978 bullshit movies are the ones that would have been on Disney Channel. Mm-hmm. Oh God. The biscuit eater. <laughs> it's just the biscuit it's just eater. A dog. It's a guy walking with another guy holding a gun. Holding a gun and a dog. 
And then in the background, there's like a superimposed kid and the dog in the clouds. Oh, shit. The Shaggy DA, which is, I assume, a sequel to the Shaggy Dog, where the where the dad becomes a dog. But this time the dog's a lawyer? I guess. It's a district attorney? District attorney. Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, Michael, you got oh, any man. stories for me this week? Hold on. Let's I need down. to find this movie let's first. Let's down this movie. <laughs> okay, here it is. 1986. It's called Fuzz Bucket. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which isn't much better. It's an American made-for-television te- adventure film written and directed by Mike Mick Garris. Starring- an invisible creature befriends a 12-year-old boy. Of course, no one can see him nor believes in him. Yeah, why would I listen to what a 12-year-old can only see or hear? It was 46 whole minutes. That's 46 minutes too long. Executive producer John Landis, though, so you know yeah. it's good. Yeah, and he probably has a really shitty... Speaking of Pokemon I wish had died... Fuck Bucket is a hairy little creature that lives in the swamp of Dead Man's Marsh with many other other fuzz fuck buckets. Character is called Fuck Bucket by Michael, but also is a fuck bucket. It is not known whether all fuck buckets have different names or are strictly called fuck buckets. Michael Gerber is a 12-year-old boy and main character of the film. He is dealing with his first day of junior high and fitting in. Everyone in the film finds him odd or weird due to the fact that they always think he's talking to himself, when in fact he is talking to Fuck Bucket. It works. Review from Tola Guy on IMDb. Best movie ever made. I recommend this movie to people that can handle it. This is the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. The lines in this movie are to remember. All right. The movie I about a little goblin who becomes friends with a boy named Mikey who created Fuzz Bucket. <laughs> this movie has great acting and great laughs. You already know. Like waxy drawing crayon. See this movie if you can. I highly recommend Garbage Pail Kids. Sure. I mean, that's a good movie. I mean, that's a, those were good movies, mm-hmm. TV shows. They weren't, though, at all. Um, so you were complaining last week that we hadn't done a movie review yeah. podcast in a, in a long time. So I think that we have to just start picking Disney movies at random we've never heard of and review them. Okay, I'm glad you said that and not all 700 of the films listed. <laughs> no, because, like, who wants, to, who wants to listen to us review, like, Little Mermaid? That's, yeah, that's, that's been overdone. People want to hear us uh, review Fuck Bucket. Uh, <laughs> the nitty gritty of the Apple Dumpling Gang Returns. <laughs> and by people, I mean nobody. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're going to do it anyways. The show nobody asked for. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think we should start in the 70s and early 80s because that's where the most buck wild ones are. I'm going to guess this is probably um, a Nat Geo documentary, but I hope it's not. And it is a Don Knotts um, film from the 70s that we should start with called uh, Winged Seduction, Birds of Paradise. <laughs> Winged Seduction, mm-hmm. Birds of Paradise. Yeah. Oh, uh, it is a Nat Geo one. Well, fuck. Okay, you know what? Actually, just based on this, we're just a Herbie movie series podcast now. <laughs> Herbie goes to Monte Carlo. Herbie goes bananas. Herbie rides again. I love some of these stills from these movies. Like, this one I just sent you is called Gus. <laughs> just and t- it's... John Knotts yelling at a horse. Yelling at a horse wearing a... Football helmet. I think it's a movie about a a donkey playing football. Yeah, it does seem that way. 
He's just yeah. It, this reminds me of that viral image at this point of Donald Trump just yelling at the kid who's mowing the White House lawn. <laughs> yes, it's a football playing mule named Gus. See, this is what I'm talking about. We did not make. We're not making the good movies anymore. <laughs> <laughs> this one has Don Knotts, Ed Asner. Man. Yeah. Dick Butkus <laughs> makes a makes an appearance. Man, all-star cast. <laughs> it Darby- made $22 million at the box office. All right. Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's going to be our first one. Mm. I know nothing about it. Great Friars Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, the way out seal. <laughs> I just assume that's like a really cool seal. So what this is basically telling me is that the people making Disney movies did a whole lot of drugs. There's so a, many drugs. There's a movie on here from 1972 just called Justin Morgan Had a Horse. <laughs> Gives a fuck. Cool horse, I guess, Justin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's dressed like a pirate, too. That darn cat, the ugly dachshund. I've actually seen that darn cat at least five times. That was a, that was a, that was also appointment television at the Cushing household. It was Wheel of Fortune. Jeopardy, <laughs> Star Trek: Next Generation, Jag, that darn cat, and TV, and, and TV, <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> it's actually not an inaccurate representation of my childhood. <laughs> I watched a lot of Bewitched and I Dream of Genie. Yeah, I watched a lot so, of Nick at Night. I saw some Nick at Night. Yeah, <laughs> I think at a certain point my parents made us turn it off when it got to like. Mary Tyler Moore. It's like a little too racy. (laughs) Too much. The casual racism and sexism in I Dream of Jeannie, perfectly fine. No big deal. But um, progressive woman trying her best in the workplace? No, thank Mm -mm. you. Not not on our watch. Thanks thanks very much. God forbid Laverne and Shirley should come on. Go watch the Bible TV network. (laughs) All right, Mike, what do you got for me this week, buddy? We're almost done here. I don't know. I'm just still, I'm still falling down the the Disney rabbit hole. Um... (laughs) So speaking of Disney uh-huh. and kids movies, yep. Uh, so there's a company called Fashion Nova, okay, who released some some new Halloween outfits that I people are a little bit upset about. I don't like. You know what? I never like when there's any story about new Halloween outfits. <laughs> it never goes well. So you know how, like, especially in college, Halloween just basically became like. Pick a profession or a person and then, like, make it... Sexy. Like, sexy. Yeah. Well, uh, this company has decided to give Toy Story the old sexy Halloween costume treatment. <laughs> Did you, Sorry, before you get into that, because I don't want to know about my beloved childhood characters... <laughs> Speaking of beloved childhood characters, did you see the sexy Mr. Rogers costume? No. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, Is it a, wait, is it sexy like it's for women to dress up like Mr. Rogers in a sexy way or like for me to dress up like Mr. Rogers? I guess those are not mutually exclusive. Yeah. I guess what I'm asking is, can I wear this costume? um, Yeah, Michael, you could. Hold all of my goods in. Um, Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> because these Toy Story ones would not. Um, I mean, it'd be a, it'd certainly be a battle. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Michael, it depends how comfortable you are with. I don't know, one ball hanging out of each <laughs> side of your hot, your brown hot shorts. 
Won't you be my neighbor? Entice your friends next door with your playful puppets. The description reads. Oh, so that's good. <laughs> it's a sexy Mr. Rogers costume dubbed Nicest Neighbor. Yandy is also selling hand puppets, a wig, belt, and socks separately. In addition to their uh, sexy Handmaid's Tale Halloween costume from last year. Oh, man. I, I could definitely wear that, but... Oh, fuck. I want this costume, though. The sexy Mr. Rogers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you got the midriff for it, Michael, you might as well flaunt it. You know? All right. Tell me about these cursed Toy Story Halloween costumes. <laughs> Well, you know, they have the, the, the goodies, the Buzz Lightyear, the Woody, the toy from Pizza Planet, the alien toys. Um, just they're basically just a just bathing like lingerie. OK, um, it's very disturbing and people are people are very angry that their childhood is being destroyed. But now that you've shown me the Mr. Rogers one, this one almost seems quaint. Yeah, there's no sacred ground at this point. No, you know. If Mr. Rogers is not sacred enough to not make a sexy Halloween costume for, or, I mean, maybe that's one of the ultimate. I mean, if anything, <laughs> I guess it's it's the two ends of the spectrum. You know, you got beloved childhood toys and characters that like you literally grew up on as a child, or there's just a friendly old man. Now, and, <laughs> and now you've made old people sexy in a way that wasn't possible before 2019. Good job. <laughs> this is the future liberals want. Turn old people sexy. Why didn't I? Why didn't I ever go as Mister Rogers for Halloween? I like to wait until the very last minute to make Halloween costumes. This one would have been so easy. Yeah, it's literally the easiest costume of all time. You just red, wear pants, red cardigan, and a, gray slack. See you yeah. later. And a tie. I have all that stuff. I basically Actually, I don't have a red cardigan. My entire childhood, I pretty much. I think I just wore my baseball uniform and went as a <laughs> baseball player. <laughs> Because I had no imagination. My mom never came through with my uh, with the picture of me in my Superman costume. Sorry about that, listeners. Jesus, God. Okay, you know what, Michael? You know what I shouldn't have done? You know what I should not have done, Michael? Was <laughs> Google image search sexy Toy Story. Whoops. <laughs> a lot more butt plugs than I was expecting. Yeah, because sex toys are a thing. Yeah, no, they sure are. Mm-hmm. Um, there are also a lot more, um, weird animations or cartoons of, um, beloved Toy Story characters doing things I, uh, wouldn't expect or want them to do in any, any world I want to live in. I'll tell you that much right now. <laughs> you got something to, like, to cleanse the palate? No, I think, I think this is just a nasty one. We just did a gross, we did a gross episode. <laughs> we didn't though. We were, we were on the Disney movies. We talked about yeah. other stuff I don't remember. I don't know. Kids, games. My, Michael, speaking of cursed children, um, you did send me an article earlier. I think this is going to close us out. Um, we don't typically, I think other than like the bottle cap challenge, we haven't really talked too much about like the social media like challenge trends when they pop up. We made fun of the Tide Pods. We did. Yeah. Uh, it's weird because like they keep calling these things challenges, but back in our day, what we just called them was stupid videos of people doing stupid shit and right? i think they're increasingly becoming like suicide attempts from what from everything that i can really gather but like, like but like we've always had videos like this 
I guess. Yeah. I mean, I feel like one of the first things that the internet was good for was watching videos on like E-bombs world of people doing stupid shit, like blowing off fireworks or like shooting a bottle rocket at someone or like whatever. Shooting a bottle rocket out of your butt. Yeah. Exactly. All the standard stuff. I think it's, I mean, I blame it obviously on the ice bucket challenge because that was like the part of that was you had to challenge someone else to Correct. do Correct. That makes sense. That was a challenge. Now, People are treating anything that's on a video that someone does that is just asinine as a challenge, which Mm -hmm. I don't understand that mindset. Like you watch somebody do something really fucking dumb and you're like, ah, challenge accepted. Yes. Um, And at least in like the Tide Pod challenge, they're all like the worst, like you probably threw up. Maybe you had to go to the hospital. Um, (laughs) This one resulted in a 12 year old Michigan boy getting second-degree burns across his chin, chest, and stomach after he was set on fire at a friend's house. Yep, doing the old fire challenge, I guess. Which, apparently, you just pour any old flammable liquid you can get your hands on, like rubbing alcohol, and then you light it on fire. Like you're doing a controlled burn as a stuntman. What the fuck is wrong with people? And, Michael, I don't want to pretend, like, we didn't pour, like, cologne on our hands and light it on fire. Like, in college, I remember doing that. I definitely did not do that. I have a, such an intense fear of pain that Sorry, I, I meant take do fl- not fl- do these Flaming things. Dr. Pepper shots. <laughs> flaming Dr. Pepper shots I have done, but I blow it out first. I don't try to throw it in my face. All right, coward. Um, so, anyway, the best part about this, so... His burn, like obviously he got burns all over his entire body. Um, and had to go to the hospital. Um, the best part is the the image with this this article. <laughs> He's it's like got Chip. the mom looking, and then this little kid is sitting in the background on a plastic like chair with his hands on his hips, with his leaning forward like a goober, with like a old timey rag tied around his head, <laughs> like, like he has a toothache. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he has an old-timey toothache, and then he's just in a Chewbacca suit with dog tags. Oh, if it wasn't the fire challenge, this kid would have done something else just really dumb. And, like, I I have to wonder, it's like, okay, is the Chewbacca bodysuit, like, therapeutic so he doesn't have to put on, like, multiple air? Like, he could just step into his outfit <laughs> and zip up? <laughs> it feels, it's like satiny. feels nice on the skin. <laughs> it just feels nice. Um, I got to feel big and strong like Chewbacca. Yeah, I remember like challenges used to be like, oh, the, ga- you know, the gallon milk challenge, like try to drink a gallon of milk, which you can't do, or like a uh, spoonful of cinnamon or something like these things are. Yeah, they're funny and they may make you uncomfortable for a, like a little bit. You may like throw up even, but it was like pretty harmless. Right. Yeah, you, you were only hurting yourself for, like, momentary pain. <laughs> right. Like, oh, it's like doing a food challenge where it's like, hey, try to eat this, you know, 30-pound hamburger or whatever. Like, yeah, you're going to be uncomfortable, probably too much cholesterol. You're probably going to throw up, going to have the worst diarrhea ever. But, like, you're not going to cause permanent damage to yourself with, like, fire. I will say one. This was not a challenge, but I did do it with some coworkers. We used to have a client um, that made this uh, marketing client at my old agency. Marketing client that made a solution. It was basically a potassium-based thing that you would add to water, and they would just form this gel that was like 
Like basically you could code a house with it in in the path of a wildfire and it would protect your house for like 24 hours from like 1200 degree heat. But the way they showed that off was they took your hand, dipped it into this stuff and then took a blowtorch and just put it on your hand and you couldn't feel a dang thing for like five minutes. And it was the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Okay, that that also makes sense. Because if you're confident enough in your product, sure. Like the guy, the owner of the Bulletproof. But uh, I was confident enough in their product to let me do it <laughs> the first day I saw the dang thing. <laughs> but they were confident enough in their product to let you to let me. do it. <laughs> it was like I saw a video of the owner of this company that makes Bulletproof vehicles. And this guy was basically shooting a high-powered uh, rifle at the windshield while the guy was sitting behind it. That I would not do. <laughs> and it's like, okay, sure. You're you're showing off something that you've created, that you've done, that you're proud of. Not just lighting your hand on fire with rubbing alcohol. Yeah, this is more like, this is like, hey, this is the shoot a bullet into your hand challenge. <laughs> then you just shoot a bullet into your hand. I feel like basically all of these challenges are just things that Jason Mendoza from The Good Place would come up with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> lock you, lock yourself in a safe and then tip it over into a river challenge. <laughs> Put fill your ga- fill a gas tank of your motorcycle with lighter fluid just to see what happens. <laughs> uh, I will say the common denominator denominator in all these challenges is just kids YouTube. This is just a little PSA from somebody who works in the industry. Don't let your kids watch YouTube unsupervised. No. There's just some wild gnarly shit out there. It's full of racists. It, <laughs> don't don't let them watch YouTube. YouTube is yeah, it's bad, and it's. I also blame the fact that like back in the day, if we wanted to get some science content or like watch someone do an experiment, it was you know, uh, God damn it, my brain does not work today. It was no even before Bill Nye. It was um, Mister. Physics. <laughs> oh, the Wiz. <laughs> yeah. The, what was his name? Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard. Mr. Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. And he would do cool shit with sometimes fire or like lighting balloons on fire or doing you know mixing chemicals together to see what the reaction would be. But like he always made sure the kids wore safety glasses and smocks and gloves and stuff. And I feel like we're just missing that. Yeah. We're missing that responsible experimenting. I will say, I think the last episode I ever saw of uh, of Mr. Wizard was in high school physics, and there was, I think it was Mr. Wizard, and there was just some clip, he was trying to show, like, static electricity, basically, but he just had, like, a probably, like, 12-inch long glass rod, and then, like, <laughs> it looked like a bare skin, like, rag, and he was just <laughs> jerking off this rod. <laughs> For like 35 seconds while he's talking about like stress and stuff. (laughs) And like the entire class is laughing. And like my like 65 year old physics teacher, sweetest lady on the planet Earth, had no idea why anyone was laughing. Oh, man. Yeah, man. This is before they knew how to how to really stress test or QA content. All I'm saying is, parents, if your kids are out there. Don't let them watch YouTube. Just get them a Disney Plus subscription and just set them up with some wholesome TV like The Adventures of Bullwhip Griffin, and you'll be fine. Or, or let them or let them listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> or here's an idea: do cool science shit with your kids, like like, like spend time with them. 
<laughs> or yeah, spend time with them, but like do cool stuff. You could even do cool fire stuff in a safe way and make sure that they realize that fire hot, fire burn. True. Or plop them in front of that Disney Plus machine, <laughs> let them watch The Rocketeer, let them learn uh, that Nazis yes. are bad, and then they'll know that the Nazis on YouTube are bad. Yes. Or let them watch Sister Act and Sister Act 2 back in the habit, and then they'll know that gambling is bad. Because then, uh, what's-his-face tries to kill you. Sister you know. Act 2 is, or Sister Act and Sister Act 2, like, it is bonkers. Those those movie premises are insane. Mm-hmm. But they're so good. Right. Such a good movie. Incredible films. Both of them. Okay, Sister Act 3, but now everyone's a horse. <laughs> Okay, see, now you're talking. Now I'm in. Now we, have okay. some, now we have some good animal content. We're back. We're back in business. Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, buddy. Love you. Um, everyone, oh, we're, not, we're not there yet. <laughs> I was like, wait, what happened? <laughs> I think that's going to do it for us this week on Trends in Low Places. Oh, man, heavyweights? Fuck yeah. I can't wait for Disney+. Plus. Um, if you've liked this show, you can find out more information at goodbuddymedia.com. You're not going to really find any new information, but there is more information there. Um, you can also find out more information about our sister show, Longest Days of Our Lives, in which Michael and I and our good buddy Curtis are watching every single episode of the Hit Show 24, which we just gained a new fan on Twitter somehow. People keep finding that one, Michael. We should probably do some more episodes of it. Yeah, I mean, she just found it, though, so it's going to be at least at least a couple weeks before she makes it to season three, episode six. And see, and that's why we jam pack every single episode <laughs> with two full fucking hours of goofs about a 42 minute TV show from the early 2000s. Because we need the time. We need all the time. We need the time. Because we're constantly running out. Um, Michael, how else can people help us out? You can help us out by finding us on your favorite podcast app uh, by searching for Trends in Low Places. And when you do, please subscribe. And uh, if you're on one of the apps that allows you to uh, rate and review, that would be awesome as well. Um, You can also find us, like we said, on the Twitters at TILPcast. You can send us stories there. You can just send us comments about the show things you like uh for the things you don't like you can send that to at i don't give a fuck um i'm just kidding you can send us stuff you don't like too because yeah here here's here if you if you love the show tell a friend if you hate the show tell an enemy because that'll show them <laughs> and tell us michael i just learned the most buck wild thing this is a text from my sister it might not be true but um do you know Melissa McCarthy and Jenny McCarthy are cousins? What? Huh? Huh? What? Huh? But Melissa McCarthy is cool. Yeah. And Jenny McCarthy is the opposite. If not. Sorry to derail the end of the show. I'm gonna, I'm looking it up. Famous cousins. Good well, God. there you go. Huh. Well, how about And that? actually, when you see them side by side, picture side by side, I can see it. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. But apparently Melissa did not attend her cousin Jenny McCarthy's wedding to new kids on the block singer Donnie Wahlberg. Oh, man. Probably because she's a fucking anti-vaxxer. And Melissa's like, hey, you've ruined the world. And everyone's getting measles now. Yeah. I hate you. Just a big turd. But yeah, you can also send us an email (laughs) at goodbuddymedia at gmail.com. Yeah, or I don't know, just like open a window and just yell out. Trends in low places. We'll hear it. We will definitely hear it. 
Well, we will hear it unless we're watching Alley Cat Strike on Disney Plus. <laughs> I honestly, when does Disney Plus actually start? November twelfth. November twelfth. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll see you in January, I guess. Yeah. See you later. I got a lot of content to get through. Uh, well, Michael, it's been lovely talking to you, buddy. Love you. Love you too. Toodles. Toodles.